Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Subtle Asian Talks for all things random. We're just a couple of Asian American women in our 20s ready to discuss everything from current events, pop culture, and more. I'm your host, Cece. Hi, I'm Kilo. And I'm now. All right. So welcome back, everybody. It's been chaotic times in quarantine as normal. Um, I know for us in California, we had this recent, like, oh, everything was reopening, and now they're closing again, so that's been really, like, chaotic, and things are going back and forth. So, how is everybody, like, doing during this time? Because I feel like it's been a hectic week in terms of, like, news, but how are y'all doing? I honestly didn't even know that we went back. I knew that, like, okay, for me, I personally never just went outside unless it was essential, so I didn't know that the the bars were closed and whatever gyms are getting closed again. So unless uh, we were just talking about it previously, uh, Cece, but like unless if you never told me that, I would have been like, oh, we're back at it. Like we're so soon with the surges and all, but or just um, we never even left it. In my opinion, I was like, that's a that's a bad move. Yeah, it's it's been wild, you know, with the closings, the stock market be cl- crashing at this point. <laughs> Like, yeah, basically, you know, been floating by, as you may say, and, you know, it's a new week, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, I totally feel you guys, because I feel like the quarantine has kind of, like, impacted our lives in miscellaneous ways that we didn't think about, aka, like, stocks and just things like that. So, yeah, I feel like I've just kind of been floating along as well trying to get through these very uncertain unprecedented times <laughs> and whatnot so like yeah because I'm un- we're gonna talk about it more later but I feel like there's been such a push to reopen schools in the fall I'm kind of unsure what that will look like for a lot of us that might be going back in the fall and what that could potentially look like because I feel like personally me um because I'm, like, almost at the kind of, like, end of finishing all my, like, classes to to get my degree, but I'm kind of, like, looking at the potential for fall, so I'm just kind of, like, oh, if I do have to take fall classes, will I have to actually be there in person? Because, like, I was kind of under the pretense that it was likely going to be online if it was just a lecture class, so there's a lot of uncertainty around that. We'll get into it, but yeah, that's kind of what's been going on with me, just a lot of uncertainty, just trying to stay inside even though like you know people have made an effort to reopen it's still not it's still not good it's not great and we'll get into that but cases are on the rise and it's just like everything's just a mess in terms of our government and yeah that's just kind of where I'm at (laughs) Um, yeah yeah so for today's um current event which is like kind of related to what we're getting into um, there's just a lot of different news going on this past week, but I think since we're mostly like college student oriented content, I felt like it was super important to talk about the like new ICE rules and how it's going to affect international students and how this is an effect due to the COVID-19 response. So basically, um, July 6th was when it was happening is and this is a developing story by the way so we'll see more updates probably as um it progresses and as it gets closer to the fall semester but um because you know with um COVID-19 many schools are going online or at least partially online so in response to this um ICE announced that like students that hold an F1 or M1 visa 
are going to have to either depart the U.S. or transfer to a school with in-person instruction. So basically what that means is no international students online instruction. Otherwise, they have to transfer to another school or get deported back to their home country. And this has kind of caused like a big outrage, rightfully so. And what we've been seeing recently is like multiple states and attorneys have been suing ICE over this. And also um, universities like John Hopkins, Harvard, MIT, and the UC system have also are suing in response to this. And it's just really uncertain what it's going to be looking like. And my general thoughts on it, I guess, is that since um, the Trump administration is really pushing for reopening everything, you know, acting like everything is normal, like, oh, pretend I do not see it. Um, they're really forcing things to reopen. And in order to get schools to um, kind of deter from having online only classes, they're basically using international students and the financial benefit they provide to universities as basically a pawn in order to get them to reopen. And it's really messed up. And we'll discuss it more later. But some of the potential effects that it's going to have on students that I have listed is that um, if their university doesn't offer in-person classes, obviously they'll be deported. And um, if they uh, filed a loan either in the United States or in their home country, they're likely not going to be refunded. And if they signed a lease here, they're likely going to be stuck with it. And I know a lot of other students outside international students are having trouble getting out of their leases as well. And then just graduation plans can be altered and if they have a visa that will expire after this current academic year, they may not be able to renew it. And then since this notice is like only a few weeks for like the start of fall quarter, many students can't even transfer to a school because it's too late. And on top of that, there's this risk of spreading COVID even further because, um, you know, if you do commit these mass deportations of international students back to their home countries, you know, um, there's going to be a lot of travel and that could potentially spread COVID-19 to countries that kind of have the situation at bay. And I'm kind of not sure how that's going to work, especially considering how like the U.S. passport is kind of essentially useless right now and we can travel to very few places. So I don't know if that <laughs> that's overrides. True. Yeah, I don't know if that overrides any of like the travel bans, but that's kind of what's going on. Um, like, as you can see from what we've talked about it's really going to negatively impact international students. And it's really, to me, like really cruel and uncalled for to really use international students who come here for an education as essentially like pawns for like political agendas to kind of do this erasure that COVID-19 is really as serious as it is. Because as we've listed, it has like a, a huge disruption on international students' lives. And it's going to really affect their lives in a lot of different ways. Like, what if they don't have a stable situation in their home country? And it's just like, what do they do if they're graduating soon? And it's just like, you know, they're a part of our campus community. So it's just like, by removing them, it's really just like removing them from their own community in which they've come to assimilate to and come to be a part of. So it's really, like, saddening to hear this news, but it's, like, not surprising considering how this current administration treats immigrants and a lot of the kind of xenophobic rhetoric that is entrenched in this administration for the past like three and a half years. But yeah, that's kind of what's going on. And I'm not really sure 
if it will officially be put into place and how the situation will change, but that's kind of what's going on currently. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick um, with, uh, I had a is exasperated, uh, like chuckle, just want to clear it up. Like I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm just, I think the U S is just laughable in general, if that's clear. Like, mm-hmm. I think like, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a nervous chuckle. Like what I'm, what I was feeling was like that meme of, uh, what is that? What the I'm in danger meme. That's how I was feeling because it was like, it's so ridiculous. It's like, what else is there to do? Like, we're really out here trying to deport so many people. It's crazy. As well as like, I was reading an article about how some people actually don't have a safe situation, like what you were saying, Cece, mm-hmm. with like um, kids being sent back to Syria. Um, and obviously the time, the like uh, the environment in Syria is like not a good place right now. So being deported back there, you would be, they would have to be enlisting in the military. They wouldn't, they would have to forego their education that they've already started. So there's so much more at stake. And the article is basically saying life or death. And it's really true for that situation. It's, it's not as black and white as the Trump administration is painting it as, especially with the whole, like, you can transfer to other university. That's so bullshit. It's yeah, like, right? What the fuck is that? Oh my God. What about yeah. you, Mel? Uh, I completely agree with everything that both of you have said. Um, I feel like this really does limit um, and kind of discriminates against international students in general, just because, one, um, you're not giving them the same opportunity as everyone else, and you're kind of, you know, putting them aside um, as if they aren't people too, you know? And I don't yeah. think ICE should have a say in that um and i'm glad that there's a lot of schools um as well as um like like basically people suing ice for making that you know rule um to ban international students and you know i think this is one like very eye-opening that they kind of just decided this out of the uh, like the ordinary and thought that, you know, this is the best way to approach COVID. But, you know, they could have figured something out, else out that doesn't discriminate against international students. Yeah. yeah. It's really laughable. It makes the government very laughable at this point. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like ultimately what I have to say is just with everything that's been happening is that really the government's complete disregard for human life. Yeah. Put at the forefront in a way I feel like we haven't it hasn't really been exposed before because like even just with the ice ruling with international students on top of that you know the secretary of education is pushing to reopen like you know elementary schools and different public schools as well and it's just like wow it's just like we really rather put forth putting a norm forward and what would be better for the economy potentially short term over like the lives of people because you know the economy can recover but the loss of human life can't and it's just really frustrating that we're seeing all these like different policies and rules being put in place that so brazenly disregard human life and it's just like it's a lot to deal with and um I guess to add on because you know we've been talking about like ice I feel like 
there's been a lot of outrage for international students, but people don't really keep the same energy for those that are lower income workers that don't really fit this narrative of an international student that might be wealthy and quote, contributing positively to society. So I think it's important to also advocate for those that might not represent what our society deems as quote, productive members of society. Because like, you know, just in general, what I have to say is like, fuck ice. So (laughs) it's just like, I think that we should advocate for anybody regardless of their citizenship status and how much they allow productivity in our society because everybody deserves the opportunity to create a life and escape conditions that might not be like favorable favorable for them and I think that's important because it's kind of elitist to keep only the energy for international students versus other undocumented immigrants that's true I also think that you know this the whole COVID situation has brought my eyes to how trash of a country U.S. is dealing the like the issues because um you know with um as Cece said we're closing everything after like we're closing everything back down um after we've opened for some time and we could have avoided this if we just didn't open in the first place so the way the U.S. is handling COVID is, you know, laughable, as Kilo said. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is this is our government, you know? Hi, like, huzzah. Yeah. I honestly love that other countries are, like, flexing on us. They're like, For real? how are you able to open? Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's or so disheartening. It's funny. Like, this is horrible. Truly how the turntables were the joke. Yes. Like, they don't want to, like, Trump was trying to block people from coming to our country. They don't even want us. We're the ones with the nasties that they want to keep out. For real. Yeah. Like, people are, like, other countries are dealing with, the, you know, second ways, um, uh, unfortunately, you know. But but they're, they had a moment where, you know, everything was getting better, but this is their second wave. We haven't even ended our first wave, mind you. Yeah, I've been joking, like, oh, you can't have a second wave if you never end <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, everything that's the that's coming from the government, I'm just over here, like, as Kilo says, I'm in danger at this <laughs> point. Yeah, it really is disheartening and upsetting. And I guess, like, to conclude in turn like for my thoughts on this whole like situation with ice and international students is that i've been seeing a lot of like rhetoric like to you know defend international students and they really emphasize like the economic side of it like oh like international students contribute like this much amount of money to the economy and this and that and i feel like while it might be like from a good place it's kind of like almost adding on top of that dehumanization that like international students are simply just tools to benefit the government in one way or the other. So I think when when we talk about these things, it's like important to refrain from talking about the economic benefit international students offer because it's just ultimately like dehumanizing and it kind of puts their right and just the basic human right to an education behind any monetary benefit that they offer 
So I think like when we talk about these things, it's important to emphasize the human rights violation aspect of it, because, you know, everybody deserves opportunity to have an education and complete their education. So I think it's important to emphasize that point rather than trying to gear it towards how they benefit us. I agree. That's on that. I, it kind of reminds me, I know this is a, a way larger scaled like picture. It reminds me of like, um, going back to what we've been talking about lots of times, like the model minority. But if you just take it as like, we're like, some people are just saying, oh, so these certain amount of people are doing this. That's why we should take, you know, the cream of the crop. This is, this is the best of the best, but we don't want the other people. We don't care for the other, like, um, non-upstanding uh, immigrants or like, you know, as you were saying, like dehumanizing them of like, oh, they don't support our economy. Like what's the point of having them in our country? Which is not like the greatest mindset that you should be going through as, you know, everyone is like a human trying to just live their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, there was like another thing I was interested with you were talking about, CC, uh, in a point earlier when you were saying, um, when uh, international students sign a lease, they will likely be stuck with it. As in, like, they will have to leave paying for a United States apartment. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Because I already know, like, just regular, like, you know, students that are living within the country are already, like, considering backing out of their leases due to, like, you know, COVID-19 and classes being online. So likely, due to how late it is, at this point, you can't back out of a lease. So you're probably going to be stuck paying a lease for like a whole year for an apartment you're not going to be living in. That's literally the dumbest thing I've heard. Okay, I've heard a lot of dumb things. Okay, there's a lot of things that are very dumb. This is pretty dumb too. There's just a lot of different repercussions that will affect international students in a lot of different ways. There's just a ripple effect of just a shit show that will happen for them <laughs> basically and it's it's really terrible it's just like i don't i don't even know what to say because it's just like oh uh, and especially like you know a lot of international students you know they might go back to their home country but they also want to some of them want to establish you know further their education here or like you know you know have more permanent residency here and i'm just kind of like oh what does that look like for those people I feel like limiting their opportunities is just very inhumane. Like, um, it puts them at a disadvantage. Like, it's kind of like, oh, like, um, we, like, basically, it's dehumanizing them. And, you know, with everything that's going on, not only will this be, you know, um, I guess disheartening for them as well, just because, you know, they have to deal with a lot, like, financially now if they end up having they can't back out of a lease in a place that they're never going to live in and they have to pay tuition for a university that might not even let them come back to. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of different, I guess, layers to this that needs to be established. And I don't know how a lot of companies or businesses such as like apartment companies are dealing with this time or this new rule from ICE I hope it helps um, the international students or at least provide some aid to them if this does end up being you know finalized and stuff yeah mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see 
Yeah, it's a developing story. I'll keep y'all updated with, you know, on our Instagram page, like, we usually post some, like, resources and some action items, so check that out, and I just want to reiterate, you know, here we really do support international students and everybody's right to have the opportunity of education, and, you know, it's important that we stand with, like, international students, because, you know, they're fellow students, and they're also part of our campus community, and they, they contribute and enrich our campus community so much, so I feel like it's important to stand with them and do what we can to make sure that this doesn't happen, and that they can stay a part of our campus community, and um, stay a part of us, because it, it really is, like, no matter what the government says about, you know, international students not really being a part of our country, um, in a sense they are because they do, you know, find like life here and whether it's like for a temporary amount of time or if it's for a long period of time, it's like within our college campus, you know, they find a space here and it's their community as much as it is ours. So I really do think it's important to support them and encourage international students to, you know, get the help that they need. And we're going to continue to like fight for this and make sure that they have that opportunity of education like the rest of us do. Yeah. Preach it. I agree. As well as hopefully, you know, with the whole Trump administration um, opening up schools in the fall as well. um, I would say with the current statistics of, our death rates and um, I guess like people that have been recovered versus died from COVID. I don't think it's a good idea personally. So we'll see what that turns out to be as well. But yeah, speaking of COVID, um, there's been a new drug that has been developed um, to, you know, kind of counteract and treat um, COVID to a certain extent. So a new drug by Gilead has, uh, under the name of remdesivir, has been made. Um, and Gilead is a ph- pharmaceutical company here in the California. And so they're the first company to basically provide a drug to basically address COVID and reduce the risk, the death risk of COVID. And it has really good potential um, results. Um, It has been shown to reduce mortality rates. And I feel like, you know, there's a high possibility that this is a very good um, lead discovery for finding a cure for COVID eventually. But there's been a lot of talk about, you know, said drug, um, because it's super pricey, and it's not as easily accessible as you would think. Um, so with remdesivir, um, it for a five-day treatment course, it has been, I guess, calculated to be um, a cost of $3,120, which is a lot. Um, in the U.S., if you end up, you know, wanting a five-day treatment, that will cost you $3,120. Meanwhile, the price is actually discounted for developing countries, and it's priced at $2,340. Um, and, you know, even though these prices are insanely expensive, um this kind of made me 
I guess, mad that this is something that happens a lot in pharmaceutical companies um, because they price things where it's not easily accessible and it shows that capitalism is a huge factor when it comes to you know things like this and even though this is the first drug to be introduced into the market um i wanted to like ask or like bring up whether or not pharmaceutical companies like gilead should be pricing the drug so high and making it not as accessible as it should be in the current state of the world just because you know the death rates um for covid have been drastically increasing and i feel like with the current state that we're in um i don't think that pharmaceutical companies should be i guess seeking out profit as they usually do when it comes to these kinds of you know pharmaceutical discoveries And I wanted to know both of your thoughts on it, Um, because I feel like for me, as you know, um, like the whole drug industry, as well as, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are something that I'm going into. Like, you know, that's a field that I'm interested in, as well as, you know, that's a potential um, career path that I'm in. But I know that with the new creations of drug discoveries um it does cost a lot but should we be seeking out profit at a current at our current times like like right now or should we be doing this for the benefit of society you know what i mean Mm -hmm. short short answer to your question no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't think and i even outside of situations like we're in with the pandemic, I really don't think pharmaceutical industry should be kind of price gouging drugs to this extent. Because even like in everyday situations, like insulin, insulin is priced crazy high. Mm-hmm. It's like people die of not being able to pay for their insulin all the time. Mm-hmm. And that that happens consistently when people can't afford to pay for their medication. So like even beyond just this situation, I think there is like a larger problem of pharmaceutical industries capitalizing on what are essential medications that people need to function. And it's just really um, messed up just to say the least. Mm -hmm. And um, especially like now, when um you know COVID is kind of on the rise right now it really is like it really does show capitalism's ugly head and how people put profit before human life like we've kind of I guess is this overarching theme of this discussion is really how people put economic or monetary gain beyond the value of human life and this is just another example of it. Because I can guarantee you, like, you know, I, I haven't been doing the numbers, but with a lot of these drugs and just different drugs on the market, with how they're pricing it, it's not just enough to make a profit. Like, it's, like, way beyond that. You know, the prices are way beyond that. It's because, like, you know, they price them this way because they can, because, you know, there's a need for them, mm-hmm. and because people need it to survive, essentially. They can price it however they want, which is ultimately fucked up, because, you know, 
with things with our healthcare system being privatized and the pharmaceutical industry, all of this kind of like leads to this commodification of human life and human health. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, to answer your question, I think even outside this, even in our quote normal, companies shouldn't be price gouging drugs to this extent. And it's yeah. just even more so like evil. I, I, I'll just say, it, I guess it's evil yeah. <laughs> to really be overpricing this and I, making I, it so difficult for people to obtain drugs they need to like maintain their health. Yes. Um, to, I guess, before you go, I wanted to ask, um, I guess, a follow-up question with that. Because um, this has been something that, you know, I've been, I guess, kind of fighting an internal battle because this is a field that I'm interested in. But ethically, it's not a, I guess, a moral field that I would like to go into because of the ethics of these drug companies um they want to benefit and you know make a profit in the end it's all about the money and how much this drug will make for the company rather than will this benefit society like yes they're you're finding drugs and cures to diseases as well as you know treatment for you know life-threatening viruses as well um and you, you know i want like it's it's hard to i guess understand a corporation um that rather than like individually because it's like oh well you personally want to make change but the corporation does something different you know um and i wanted to get both of your pr- perspectives um do you think it's reasonable, like with all the investments um, that companies um, put into, you know, making these drug discoveries and, you know, with the whole processing and pipeline phases with, you know, clinical trials and drug testing, um, does it justify the cost of the drug? Because it does take a long time for a drug to hit the market. And, you know, when you're... Um, testing out new drugs it does it is a big investment for companies and so what do you think it's justifiable in that sense or is there a line that should like that is there a line between in which you know makes it reasonable versus not reasonable for you know pharmaceutical companies to be doing what they're doing So for me, this might be very naive to say, but like, I think there, we need to go back to the drawing board and figure something else out again. Like, um, as Cece was saying earlier with like the whole insulin thing, it being inelastic and people will still buy it despite like their income, not being able to hold that up or they can't even afford it. I think that's really important to see the customers who are patients, who are humans, who are just trying to live. And I think that, I don't know if this is already happening or if it's are not possible. I'm not too familiar with the government, which I really should be with like um, subsidizing maybe that process or helping out being part mm-hmm. of it. Also, like I just did a quick like Google search on like big pharma CEO salaries and like they are still taking out the millions, you know, like yeah, they can definitely can. direct this. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a constant like, 
I know that, you know, pharmaceutical companies, they, their objective is to, you know, produce um, drugs as well as, you know, cure life-threatening diseases and, you know, find cures for that. But, you know, I don't personally, with the whole Gilead, because Gilead is the company that I've been following for a while because I've been, um, I guess, interested in going into um but this kind of opened my eyes to i guess how even though a company has strong morals that resonate with you i guess you know it's kind of two-faced behavior where they're pricing remdesivir so high because it only costs like 13 dollars to make the drug but they drastically increase the price by three thousand dollars um and i just I just internally I'm like wow like capitalism at its finest I mean to be honest what I have to say is I don't really think there will truly ever be a company that can resonate with good moral values Mm -hmm. because as many say there is no ethical consumption under capitalism yeah and like I'm not gonna blame people that find employment because you know we all have to work within the system Mm -hmm. and you know I'm not going to fault people for having to work in jobs that they have to but to say that I ever have uh I ever resonate with a corporation's values I don't (laughs) I can't say I ever will um because you know no matter what they push in terms of what their values are and uh how important their discoveries are to to whatever development um either way behind the scenes it comes at the cost of exploitation of some so i no matter what they say in terms of their values at the forefront there's always going to be this kind of like ugliness and lack of ethics behind the scenes yeah and and i guess like you did note like oh yeah obviously money goes into like development of these drugs and the research that goes into it and I totally understand that but I really do think these are like multi-billion dollar corporations so I don't think the pricing of their drugs correct me if I'm wrong represent just to make up for the profits of their research and to make a small profit and whether the prices are actually astronomically higher compared to the ultimate amount of cost it went into developing it so i don't think that these drugs are should be as priced as high as they are because i don't think that the way they're pricing it on the market is representative of their true value because like for example insulin in other countries is like a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. so it's just like why is that you know Mm -hmm. they're the same drug and why why is, is there such a big price difference? So for me, I don't really know. I don't really have the answers to like this problem because, you know, ultimately there, it's a bigger problem with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm pro, you know, publicized healthcare and doing things of that nature. And um, I don't really know like if that applies to this, but I do think, you know, things that are matters of health should probably not be in the hands of corporations but that's kind of my thoughts on it and that kind of involves kind of reconstructing 
a system that we already have in place. I feel like with bigger change. I feel like um this I had a moment of thought because um this um I guess discovery kind of made me aware um whether or not in question whether or not Gilead as a company is exploiting their current findings um to their benefits to you know um be, because they they're the first company to produce a drug for coke and since there's no other drug um do you think that they priced it this high because, and exploiting it and like and exploiting the fact that they're the first drug or do you think like naturally they're like oh it was going to be that price anyways i think a little bit of both um i know i like you know, if you're like the last one or the first one out, you always can have the final say, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know. I've watched a lot of Shark Tank, so that's what I instantly thought of. Like, if you're the last shark, you get to choose whatever equity um, value you want to put in. And um, you can essentially just get a bigger bigger bite for what you got because um, you're the last offer. So in this case, you're the first offer. So, or first to like, potentially succeed right mm-hmm. and if that's what you're saying um this type of drug what it can do um i think they did price it on the higher end how however though like um if another drug does come out they'll be somewhere within that ballpark which is really yeah. unfortunate um yeah for me it's not even a question of whether it's exploitation <laughs> or taking advantage of it it's like yes um they are you heard the uh, price and she was like too expensive exploiting no because it's just like <laughs> oh these corporations literally even if they totally did not like say if they just redistributed these drugs i don't even think it would make that much of a dent in their total worth to be honest yeah. like it's just kind of insane but either way um this corporations are going to do what they're going to like they're going to do what they're going to do corporations got a corporation <laughs> um they're going to just figure out ways they can maximize their profits and if them being one of the first to develop this that's going to be a selling point to add on to the pricing so like obviously you know corporations have a lot of people working under them to really think about these things and how to maximize company benefit so it's like not even a question for me there's so many people working under them that are working to ensure maximum profit Mm -hmm. for them I definitely think like there has been talk that you know with the new discovery um that Gilead is helping other companies uh to basically you know use their findings to figure out how they can find a cure all for COVID um, and there's been talk of new drugs surfacing um, in the future, but they're still under clinical trials. And hopefully, you know, with more drugs to be introduced into the market, it'll decrease the cost and make it more readily available for people to get treated um, because COVID is not a joke at this point. Um, and I kind of just think that Gilead should have, you know, made the call of, you know, I guess, being the hero and you know free it's all free for everyone I don't know I just feel like I was very optimistic about it I was like oh maybe they're gonna price it to be you know um cheaper than it actually is and make it more accessible because really well I with corporate greed okay but like you know and and competition between other pharmaceuticals but like corporations the world this is a worldwide pandemic mind 
Uh, okay, like, like how many other situations have they exploited human life? Hello? No. <laughs> like, look at Jeff Bezos alone. He could end world hunger and homelessness, and he just does not. That's true. These people afford billions of dollars. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with the current state, I was like, I was hopeful that like someone would be like the the saving grace and be the the savior, the the what is it called? Um, Iron Man, Captain America, the hero, <laughs> hero for you know COVID um but you know it's not it's so pricey and then it's also like it's a huge investment to a lot of people because even some insurance companies won't cover um remdesivir and it's kind of um, i guess eye-opening that it's so expensive i don't know i saw the price tag and i was like yeah personally it's it's not eye-opening to me Mm -hmm. because it's kind of just what pharmaceutical industries do yeah and just what did I have to say about it? But it's just I lost my train of thought <laughs> while you were speaking. <laughs> oh, what I had to say was like people talk about the benefits of these discoveries and how it will be good for humanity, and that's usually how they kind of justify these things because they're like, oh, we're researching, you know, innovative things that will help improve society, but this will only benefit like you know it's gonna trickle down like it's gonna take a while before it can ever get in the hands of you know people that are low income and the people that are most affected by the pandemic you know so because these are priced so high you know it's usually the elite and the wealthy that will get their hands on this first and it's like you know the most vulnerable you know the people that are essential workers that have lower income jobs probably may never get to see the benefits of the work that's been done on these drugs so it's just like uh to really praise these corporations for their innovations and their um benefits to humanity is again laughable to me because it's probably likely not going to reach the hands of the most vulnerable until maybe it's too late or it's beyond you know beyond the point where it it is even helpful to people i feel like covid has made me very optimistic about humanity maybe i've just been indoors for too long like i'm over here like thinking everyone's like nice and stuff and i forget like people like jeff bezos and elon musk are exist um as well as johnson and johnson that's a whole different conversation um but like yeah i don't know i just find it um interesting and hopefully with um more research people can come out with more drugs and lower the cost because um a lot of people that as cc said um that are affected by covid they can't access these drugs um and it's not an option for them because it's not covered by some insurances as well as it's a hefty price tag um, especially if you want a five-day treatment if you want like I guess to pay per vial um, it's pretty costly as well it could cost you a couple hundred um, but it's interesting that they priced it differently per um, compared to you know versus the U.S. price tag versus like developing countries price tag like Gilead really said oh you're a developing country we'll discount it for you like they're like yeah you get a price tag you get billion generous generous yeah (laughs) i just i just found it very interesting that they really just said like oh you get a discount like like as if it was like a huge discount 
itself, but it's not. So I don't know. I just think that was a huge. Also, like, how does that translate to different countries' currency? It probably doesn't even make a difference. Yeah, it. Well, I mean, they're gonna, I guess, I guess, fluctuate it depending on you know the currency versus like the American dollar. Like, it is probably different, but it's gonna be like two thousand in American dollars, and then you change it to whatever currency you have. But, anyways, Korea has made has been paying it, so you know that's that's a plus the koreans are thriving in covid i I don't want to say thriving in covid but like they're doing well in this current state i heard because the government is doing justice and approaching this pandemic in a right way honestly yeah pretty much all of the like governments around the world (laughs) are trying to react better yeah but i know hopefully like i feel like this is a conversation for like this opens up a lot of conversations of um the u.s not providing free health care because a lot of other countries provide free health care and it's covered so that's a whole different topic that we're not going to go into but yeah remdesivir gilead you know if you need if uh if you need advice <laughs> Um, on how to price things I got you I will um, I think that price tag is not correct and you need to fire whoever priced it like that no they're doing their job they're doing their job right <laughs> they know what they're but Gillian like open open your purse yeah, get- <laughs> open your purse Hello? that's all I have to say you don't want to hire anybody to re- to to lower the prices or whatever you got to do just open your purse Fact. Okay. oh my gosh yeah, but anyways, um, hopefully things get better with, you know, the new scientific discoveries, but we'll see. Sounds good. Yes, keep us updated on how that drug is doing further. Alrighty. Shall we jump into some Reddit? Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So this particular post, as you all know, is an Am I the Asshole post, so... The internet decides if you're the asshole or if you're not, basically. And this particular person is a single mom of two kids. And um, what what's happening is that um, there's this one kid who's really into bodybuilding, getting into it, right, lifting and stuff. And then there's another kid that's now, like, going vegan, really trying to take that route into the diet. And Wait, how old um, are these kids? These kids are 15 and 17. Okay, why are they bodybuilding and so early the well i don't is it early to bodybuild at 17 i feel like if you haven't fully i don't know if this is a myth because i feel like my parents were like trying to tell me to to be as tall as possible so they would tell me like doing things like lifting weights would make you short i heard that one too so i don't know if that's my asian parents talking or if that's the truth anyway but i thought yeah maybe you shouldn't start bodybuilding until your bones are fully grown. It also stresses out your, um, I guess, yeah, muscles and tissues as well. So I don't, I don't I'm no doctor, um, but, you know, I'll just, I'll, my Asian myth, I guess, we'll, we'll keep it silent until later. <laughs> no, I agree, though. Like, um, I know that at a younger age or be- after, until after you stopped growing and stuff like that, you're supposed to do are really only like body exercises like push-ups and pull-ups not like bicep curling things 
mm-hmm. um, just to keep it at your body weight. But but I mean, I guess I knew people in high school that like were trying to bulk up and would do that. So that's I guess true. That's normal. Maybe if you're like an athlete. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like it depends how it like how much you bench or like how intense your training is. You know. That's true too. Like what kind of exercises you're doing. Yeah, I'm just imagining like the the full lawn, like they're going all out, like 20, 20 pounds. No, no, 200 something pounds, not 20 pounds. Anyone can do 20 pounds. Yeah. 20 pounds is hard, okay? Curling? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> okay, but like if you're doing bodybuilding, 20 pounds? Is- yeah, if you're bodybuilding, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're just a regular old me, 20 is, she's going, she's going in. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. Nell, you can curl 20 pounds? Yeah. Damn. I want to be wait, you. Can, can this, do y'all not curl 20 pounds? No. I feel like I haven't in a while, but I feel like I maxed at 15. Really? Yeah, same. I don't think I can regularly carry 20 pounds. I think maybe three and then I'm out or something I, like that. I've been doing the rice, like the 50-pound rice thing. You're just carrying that? Yeah. Like throwing it on the ground or like what kind no, of? like, like kind of? deadlifting the rice. Damn. Well, I mean, it's because I don't have an indoor gym, unfortunately. I don't have the luxury of a gym. In my house. Honestly, all the gyms are like, don't yeah, go. I don't yeah. I, I'm on that Chloe Ching program. Yeah, I, I mean, indoor indoor workouts are fine, but my the I don't have weights either. So my the closest thing I have is either my mom or <laughs> bags of rice. Because, don't you have uh, hella bags of rice? Like, yeah. Okay, don't expose. Oh, yeah, don't expose me like that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay for for our listeners basically you know um i have bags of rice at home um because that is my asian parents' highest concern for this pandemic they were scared that <laughs> the borders are gonna close and there were gonna be no shipments of rice so i am stocked with rice for who knows how long it's, it's so great but damn Okay, okay, continue on. We're we're not gonna expose my rice rice <laughs> storage here. <laughs> Alrighty. So basically there's one kid who's bodybuilding, right? Has to have that diet of bodybuilding of, you know, a lot of proteins or whatever stuff. And then there's another kid who's going full vegan, you know, um, because of environmental and ethical reasons. So um the mom is making essentially two uh meals every day, right? So according to her, she was saying that it takes two hours minimum if you include planning and prep, cleaning, cooking and cleaning, right? And then the ingredients for each of um, those diets uh, are so expensive, their grocery bills have skyrocketed and they all, they have more nitpicky stuff like one person hates spice and stuff like that. So you can't really combine the two meals, right? And um, one time she was just so tired. The mom was just so tired. She didn't want to cook. So she went to take a nap and told them, hey, just like figure it out yourself. You know, at 15 and 17, I kind of expected, yeah, they can figure it out. But at the end of the day, there's like low-key hell broke loose because like the um, 17-year-old kid was like complaining about how greasy it was. And then the 15-year-old My kid was all like, there weren't any options that I wanted. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, question. Are these two boys? No, or it it seems like one's a girl, the 15-year-old, the vegan one, and then the bodybuilding one is a, a guy. Okay, gotcha. 
Yes. And then um, basically when they both stormed off or like one person, um, they are not talking to their mom anymore because they didn't essentially, the mom didn't cook them dinner. So um, she feels like her life is just work, cook and sleep. And she just feels really terrible because like if her kids are mad at her, she's wondering if she is doing the right thing. Like, can she just, what she's wondering is that like, she just wants to go on a cooking strike, right? She just wants to buy the ingredients and just give it them, give it to them to um, cook for themselves, but they don't want to do that. And she's wondering if, if that's an asshole move for like essentially going on a cooking strike. What do y'all think? Okay. Wait, before we start, can we get your take on this, Kilo? Because you were the you're this you found this, and I want to know your thoughts first. My thoughts is that. Y'all, the kids are a little nasty shits, you know, but mm-hmm. um, there is more to the story that I was going to unravel. But like um, there's I, it seems like they were recently like um, the mom was recently divorced. So they're having all of them are having a hard time readjusting or to like a different family dynamic. And she's like um, saving up to get therapy for everyone and just um, for everyone to be in a better mental state. Uh-huh. but in general if there wasn't if there weren't that kind of baggage I would say the kids are so much of an asshole like you're running your mom like what what is that saying like skin deep I don't know well your bones are bare whatever yes you know the bone like you are like it, despite them being your parent they're also there to help you grow and if you can't even cook for yourself that is so very sad. Like, Facts, as yeah. well as like, you're a. It's practically I see it as like you're abusing your um, people who want to help you, right? If you're already getting the groceries for that, and all you have to do is mix it up together, like, why aren't you satisfied with that? I think that's really sad. Also, I think the Asian myself is like, dude, you're not even helping your mom. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I have a <laughs> like, question: Is she a stay-at-home mom, or is she she works as well? I think she works as well. Oh, oh, okay. I got my thoughts then. Okay, yes. What are your thoughts? Oh, Cece, you want to go first? or? or... Oh, okay, I guess. I think they're like a bunch of little punks. <laughs> I was going to say those exact same words. <laughs> but um, because I have my thoughts on this, because, you know, because of, like, the coronavirus and everything, a lot of us are at home with our families a little bit earlier than we thought. Um, so, you know, I've been staying at home with my family and my mom usually cooks dinner. I help her out sometimes, but, um, I feel like, especially in this situation, if you have any specialized dietary needs, you're on your own fam. Like I literally just eat whatever my mom gives me. You can't be picky about it. You know, whatever she makes, you just eat it. And if you have any specialized needs, you're on your own. So that's really my thoughts on it. And I think... I understand, like, you know, divorce, it's a lot to go through. But, like, if anything, I feel like the most affected person is the mother. Because, you know, it's kind of like life as a single parent. And what does that look like? That's a whole other challenge in and of itself. So I feel like, you know, she's already providing the food, the ingredients and all that. And all you have to do is cook your own meals. I really don't think that's a lot to ask. And it's just like, I don't know, for me, it seems outrageous to even ask my mom to do something like that right to cook to cook separate meals for each person (laughs) with their special dietary needs because like 
y'all know I'm like kind of like a fake vegetarian so like when I was like living at my apartment and on my own I would kind of like eat more plant-based foods and stuff like that so it's like if I wanted to keep that like up at home that would be my on my own accord but if I don't want to deal with that I just deal with whatever is pushed on my plate you know so I think for me maybe it's like a cultural difference I don't know the cultural background of the person that's posting but even things that I feel like are kind of rightfully critiqued your Asian parents are probably going to be like ungrateful so yes um, so like um it's weird to me to even make such demands because like I'll be like yeah mental health is like a valid struggle and like ungrateful but um yeah um so for me I think it's like such a different world to be able to complain to your parents to that degree and I think you're 15 and 16 you're you're pretty grown like you should be able to do basic cooking so I don't think it's a lot to ask to cook your own meals because you know once pretty early on I was probably younger than that when I was you know able to cook for myself if I needed to so yeah I think they're putting too much pressure on the mom like mom's probably working and doing all that she's probably doing like the chores around the house too like give the lady a break right I'm gonna uh, a moment of silence for this mother um I just I just want to say you are doing great as a mom um that you're trying to you know meet the demands of your children because I feel like um I kind of sense a bit of entitlement from these children just because I feel like you know they have too high expectations with everything that's going on in their lives like the mom trying to save up money for therapy for the whole family as well as trying to cook clean work um so I feel like they're just expecting a lot from this mother to be able to you know cook different types of meals um or like meet different um I guess I I forget what it's called um where I guess food demands I don't even know what it's called dietary dietary needs needs, that's what I was trying to say I could not my brain is like gone but um yeah trying to like basically expecting your mother to meet so many different dietary needs is just a lot for a mom and I know like moms have to deal with a lot in general um I didn't have the privilege of being if if I asked my mom like to cook something that is I guess not as easily accessible as what she usually does she's just gonna tell me to eat or cook myself like I don't Right? Like, my mom would be, like, vegan? Shut the yeah. hell up. Like, like, <laughs> <your food>. yeah. <laughs> like, like, my parents, would, like, if I tell my mom, like, oh, mom, I can't eat meat. And she's like, okay, then starve. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's my, that's my family. <laughs> like, that's my Asian side coming out. Like, my, like, Asian parents just don't deal with that. Like, I understand, like, oh, like, you have certain dietary needs and they'll try to accommodate it. But now they just cross the line um in which you know they're just expecting a lot and also it's expensive being vegan in this like economy nowadays like I completely understand them all like I mean it depends because you know as as a little fake vegetarian myself (laughs) um you can find cheap alternatives because you know meat is more expensive than yeah so depending on your choices like if you're like the bougie like let me get the fake chicken and the beyond burgers then that's expensive but like 
you know, as somebody who grew up in a Buddhist Vietnamese household, you can eat vegan for very low cost. I'm imagining like okay. really your dietary choice. Yeah, I completely agree, and I feel like there's also it depends on where you grocery shop because I feel like you know with Asian cultures, you know, the pricing for gro- groceries is a lot cheaper than is let's say if you went to like Whole Foods, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like that also might have played a role in why her grocery bills skyrocketed because you know if you're going to whole foods to shop for you know vegan things versus you you know going to trader joe's it's going to be drastically different um so i don't i just think that the children just should have taken responsibility to cook their own foods if they didn't like it one way or the other um Mm -hmm. and also it's it's rough out here i don't know how it feels to be a mother um because I feel like, you know, I'm not the, like, the sole, like, best daughter, you know, I, I've been guilty of being like, mom, I'd rather just not eat this. Um, but, you know, um, I'm thankful that my mom cooks for me during these times, as well as, you know, she, like, you, I'll help her out whenever I can. But, you know, being a mother that she is, she's just gonna tell me to get out of her way real talk like he's just gonna be like get out of my way you're more of a you're more of a hazard right now if than if you were to be somewhere else so you know um i don't think the mom was at fault here i think the kids are at fault so continue doing what you're doing boo yes i agree like um i just want to also state like when she comments on you know how you can respond to commenters one of them were like, why don't you just have them help you? And I think one of, it's an interesting comment, I think, where, um, like, the guy just pretends he doesn't hear the mom. And just if the mom really pushes him to help out, he'll just leave the house. While the 15-year-old girl would just be just chill in the kitchen and watch. But if she asks for help, like, she'll just leave as well. But the last time she asked for help from the 15-year-old kid, she just called her sexist which is downright funny because like the okay the exact comment of the next one is like she called you sexist she's forgetting you're also a woman and she's making you cook for her she needs to learn how to be a strong independent woman and do things herself i was like those words were so succinct i love them these punk ass kids (laughs) i know i want to see how like do you think it's maybe because they're in their rebellion stage? Like, like I don't even know. Because how old are they again? 15 and 17. Like, 17, I can't even turn, like, I can't even excuse that behavior. Because at 17, you know, you're already almost, you're almost an adult. So, you know, think, like, 15 is, like, rebellion stage, right? I forget when was that. Is it 12? I feel like, 12 did you guys have a rebellious phase? I don't think I had a rebellious phase. Like, I went all emo or anything. Um, but I did have strong arguments with my parents between 12 uh, to 14, I think. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I feel like I never had major conflict with my parents, but I did have that angsty phase where just everything makes me upset. Yeah. But, I never was, like, disobedient to my parents or disagreed with them intensely. So, I don't know. I feel like being that age doesn't necessarily excuse it. Like, I guess teens have an attitude. But I feel like your demands are too much. It's like, 
she literally has to cook a bunch of separate meals just to accommodate to you. And it's like, I don't know. I was just taught to be grateful for whatever food is put on your plate. As much as like, I might not have it be my ideal meal, I'll eat it anyway because, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. Yep. What's interesting is that I like totally agree with you both. I think I, I would add like in the beginning if the mom understood that like what if the kid had like a dietary restriction like they can't eat dairy or eggs or it's an allergy I totally get it like trying to just say hey if I'll help you out or like can you just not put eggs in it like that makes sense to me but like a list of like things is too much you know Mm -hmm. it's crazy anyway that is my oh sorry go ahead I was gonna say I feel like also just because they suddenly had this expectation for their mom it's just a lot for a woman to handle um since you know they probably ate meat or didn't have any dietary restrictions prior 15 to 17 years prior 15 because the younger one whatever um and so you suddenly overwhelm your mother to be like you can only buy this you can only buy that plus she also has to cook herself like what if she doesn't want to eat um i guess non-spicy food or like they want specific to eat specific things that kind of limits the mom as well so i feel like you know i don't i guess it's interesting that you know there's i i mean i'm kind i'm not shook that there's children like this but i'm also like kind of shook that like you know people aren't as grateful as they are with their parents. Yeah, especially at this time, please be grateful for others are what you currently have, all the works. True. Would y'all post right. on Reddit about this if your children had this? Oh, I, I for sure would. Okay, knowing me, I probably would think I'm in the right and I wouldn't even post it because I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's interesting that they, the mother posted on Reddit and then this brought me back to our previous conversation of people just be posting on Reddit for like answers or like validations. And I'm like, wow, this mother had time to post on Reddit. She had time to contemplate. Yeah. For me, I would already kind of pop off at my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Like also like I feel like you guys know me. I I have a, I have trouble with this. I'm kind of a person that always thinks I'm right. So this, this wouldn't fly by me. Just like period. It wouldn't. So yep. I'd just be like, okay, you can leave the house. Like honestly, if my parents would be like, Oh, if you don't like it here, then you just leave. Yeah. <laughs> At that age. And then I'd just be sad yeah. and then I would stay and eat my food. <laughs> But I don't know. I feel like, you know, this per- this mom is in the right. Um, do you- Are there any people that are like the mom's in the wrong? I don't think so. Let me do a quick shirt. Nope, no one says that. I'm glad she's- she got the validation that she's not, she's not in the wrong. Yep. Yeah. And she's looking to pay for therapy for all of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like, that, she's, that... she's, like, doing what she can. Like, honestly, as, like, a as an Asian person, that's unheard of to me. She's also <laughs> dealing with the divorce. Like, that's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of mental health for her. Like, she's going through a lot. Yeah, I agree. Like, props to you, lady. Keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, not, not cook for bastard children but like you know yes 
That came off so wrong. Anyway, <laughs> shall we jump to hot takes? Yes. Yeah. What about you, CCRE? Do you have any last thoughts on the uh, Reddit post? Or no, just shout out to to you, Mom. You're you're working hard, and she deserves a break. Yes. Honestly, that's what I have to say about that. Yes. Alrighty. Hope you're doing well, all right too. That's my that's my closing. I hope she's doing all right. She's going through a divorce, and she's got to pay for things financially. Oof. She really out here trying her best, and for real. Not all heroes that. wear capes, I guess. Yep. Okay. Alrighty. But hot takes. Hot takes. I have a freaking problem. Oh, do you all mind if I go first? Yeah. Go on. All right. Freaking problem with the COVID-19 parties. I think we talked about this before, but, like, I'm going to come down on it hard today because my mom was talking about how um, these people would, obviously, college students, stupid college students, um, like, one college student would get COVID-19 positive, right? And then, I don't know if you all heard of this already, but this was, like, news, and I got very angry for our dumb demographic of other college students were like, oh, let's go to this house and we'll party it up with them to see. And the idea behind this whole freaking game was to see if the other party attendee people would get COVID-19 coming out of it. So they would pool money and whoever got COVID-19 after the party won. That okay, freaking... Like, can you lie? <laughs> I feel like you gotta show your test. You gotta pull up with the okay, test. Okay, but like you could just Google positive COVID test and then be like, I mean, yeah, you can Photoshop. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm no graphic designer, but like, I feel like, you know, there's ways in which you could have won the bet without actually getting COVID. <laughs> okay, true, true. Nell but is the out prim- here thinking the way she can optimally. Yeah, now you're really out here just trying to make the make the quick bucks off these stupid children which i don't fault you for but these stupid children stupid people need to learn to save our freaking country yeah i i thought i never heard of that but i guess you know our generation is not the brightest that i thought of honestly there's also a new headline with like um (laughs) okay this is really bad i'm so sorry but the person said i thought this was a hoax and it was a patient who died at age 30 um after attending a COVID 19 party and it's like like dude i'm sorry that you lost your life but it's also like please treat this it's not a hoax there's so much science behind this can you really take it for reals that that's my hot take that was a, a big burst of flame <laughs> half of me is like you knew what you were doing so like karma but also, you are a human. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's bad because, you know, part of you, part of me wants to be like, you know, it's natural selection <laughs> at that point. But, you know, obviously there are consequences and it's, it's very sad if people have like death or permanent damage to, to their lungs. That's really rough. But it's just kind of like, I feel like with so much information out there, I guess there's conflicting information, especially with uh, our current governmental administration kind of putting forth one narrative and people putting forth another. But it's just like, at this point, like, we're how many months in? If you don't believe 
the weight of what's going on right now, I don't even know what to tell you. It's just, it's just my thoughts. Yep. I'm actually shook that, I mean, how much money were people pooling? Like, why? <laughs> what What was the reason? Like, I really just don't understand. What was their logic? Like, I get it. Like, they had a bet going on, but why? What was the purpose of the bet? All of you lose money either way. And then also the person, I mean, the person that used the money they earned to buy um, the, the rem, rem, remdesivir. <laughs> remdesivir. Yeah, you could buy remdesivir with the money. Oh my gosh. But like, I'm pretty sure the people that are, I guess, thinking of these COVID parties are probably like, oh, I'll chip in $20. That $20 ain't going to buy you nothing. Like, it's not even going to buy you like a milliliter of the drug. I don't think it's going to cover for any type of hospital bills that are going to come out of that potential. Exactly. So yeah. I'm sitting here just like, why? I don't know. People are dumb. People do dumb things just for clout. It's ridiculous. People take it seriously. I will hunt you. Just kidding. But do it for real. Be safe out there. Don't go to yep. COVID parties. Alrighty. Who's up for their hot take? Um, I can go. I guess anyone. Any objectives, Cece? No, you can go for. Okay, this is this is for all the. Uh, we're gonna bring back Elon Musk because I always bring it back. Elon Musk. Also, um, he had a in like increase in stock market prices um recently, and I'm kind of shook that he had he's still making money during these times like who's buying a tesla during a pandemic i don't even know um the corporation is doing very well for tesla i don't i question it but also elon musk recently started selling shorts tesla shorts that say sexy on the back um for anyone that doesn't know um tesla has different models like car models that spell out sexy um so there's like model s model e um I think it's Model E. No, Model 3, and then so forth to spell out sexy. Um, And so he made shorts out of it. And those shorts sold out within minutes for $69. Um, And I just think... Oh, is he doing sixty nine four twenty for the price? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate this man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I can't believe, like, people bought it surprisingly and i'm just like people you have money but why like the the things that people buy with their money i'm just very questioning um our society nowadays like you had 69 dollars 69.42 to be exact you could have bought what like what could you buy with 69 dollars a lot okay i'm just gonna say that um how much food you could buy with that i'm just gonna stick to like food or whatever you could buy a new iPhone case um what else can you buy with $69 you could buy a lot basically depending on how well of a budgeter you are like be smart with your financial purchases y'all I agree I didn't know that Tesla spelt out sexy with their cars yeah I didn't know you yeah well that's new y'all didn't know nah (laughs) well basically he has different models so like I think model like why is the most expensive whatever but like basically you know all the models spell out sexy and so that's why on the pair of shorts it says sexy on the buttocks area 
Um, I mean, I realized there are different models. I just didn't realize that was the intention. Oh, he, Elon like Musk he. is very intentional. But he's like a troll. Yeah, he so is like... very, like, anything <laughs> he does, you just kind of know it's, he's trying to troll out here. Yeah, you told me, I was like, oh, the price is sixty nine forty two to be like 69 for 20. Uh-huh. Uh, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, it sold out within minutes, and I'm just, like, people are actually buying this. Like, like I don't know. I'm I'm no, like, I don't consider myself very smart with my, fan- I, I don't consider myself a genius in my financial purchases. But, like, best believe I'm not going to spend $69 on a pair of shorts that are from Tesla and spells out sexy on the back. He's really out here. He has his supporters, so I feel like they'll they'll eat up anything he puts out. Yeah, that's my hot take. Spend money okay. wisely. Speaking of things like that go in your shorts, let's talk about <laughs> your vulva. <laughs> Cece, that was gold. Mm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but um, for many people that know me, I'm a person that is like very passionate about sex ed and reproductive health so this is a very pertinent topic for me so I saw this tweet it was like a video of this lady because I feel like I don't know if you guys have heard of this but there's kind of this thing called vajayshals they like to call it where it's kind of like you get you get everything down there all pampered and treated um and I'm very pro like do whatever you want down there but I draw a line when it does affect your health so I saw this video, and it was this lady, you know, cooch out, and it was getting steamed. And I, I don't promote steaming for one, and it was like, it was getting steamed, and there was just slices of lemon on it for whatever reason. Like, it looked like a salmon, like I said. Like, it, 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 it's, it's your vulva, it's not a piece of salmon. Would not treat those two the same. So... I'm very pro, you know, whatever grooming you need to do to make yourself feel fly and confident, beautiful, I support that. But I do draw a line when it does affect your pH, and that's a problem. And that's the problem with the lemon. Also, with the lemon, I will say, I don't know what the purpose of that was for, but you shouldn't even put lemon on your face skin, so I can't imagine the effects it would have on your skin and your nether regions. Maybe it's for, like, bleaching purposes, which is also bad. Um, but ultimately, I feel like with all these different vulva grooming treatments, um, there's a line. And when it affects, like, your internal health and your pH, because, you know, what you have down there is um, just a unique microbiome with a a very specific pH. So if you mess with that, you leave yourself at risk for higher risk of getting STIs, yeast infections, UTIs, all of that. So keep it simple down there because I feel like as a society, um, I mean, anybody can have a vulva, but like women in (laughs) particular, um, there's a lot of pressure for them to make sure that their down there area is as inoffensive as possible you know you got to do this you gotta there's all these different soaps to make it smell like hibiscus (laughs) or lavender but like your cooch is supposed to smell like cooch and that's okay and if there's any strong smells 
that you think you need a mask with any of those, you should probably see a doctor because one's natural scent should not be so offensive that you should have to do that. And I don't think society should put forth this idea that your natural scent and things down there are wrong. That goes along with the whole bleaching thing because I'm just like, leave it alone. Just, just let it chill. Like, she does her own thing. You don't bother her. She doesn't bother you. So, yes. Pro-grooming, making yourself feel confident and all that. But when it comes to these vajayshals and this steaming and these lemon soaps, that's where I draw the line, you know? Just just leave her alone and and it'll, it'll be peaceful. That's all I really have to say in terms of that. <laughs> I thought it's funny that you mentioned hibiscus because it's like it being a flower and vaginas are typically thought of as like flowers and it's like mm-hmm. no we're not perpetu- or perpetrating that s- stereotype that all yes. vaginas are sunshines and, and wonderful or whatever things just it's part of your body let it do its thing I agree with you Cece. I'm just questioning, are they steaming their whole body, or is there just a tiny steamer put against your vagina? Because I feel like... It looks like a steamer directly blowing steam on her, her coochie. I feel like that's just uncomfortable at that point. Like, well, And there's lemon slices, so it's just... It, it's a lot. That's just... I don't know if that person is licensed, because she posted, like, book appointments, and it's like, one, you shouldn't book appointments right now. And it's just like, one, I don't know. I mean... Obviously, you could do things for your own self, but, like, who's going to see you're down there that you got to get it all pampered together? It's quarantine time. <laughs> we don't got to do all that. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of questions. Like, one, don't book an appointment right now. I know some people are eager to go to the waxing place, but refrain. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, my message is don't let these messages that, you know, your intimate parts are bad and ugly and they need to be fixed in some type of way, um, leave it alone and it will treat you well. And I feel like the more you accept your body for what it is, the more comfortable you can be in it and the more you can embrace it for what it does and what it does for you. So you don't got to do all that. Please don't steam your uh, vulva like a salmon. Would not recommend that. (laughs) She, I feel like you're saying it as if it's like I experienced it and and would not recommend. I, I can't say I have experienced it though, <laughs> but I do not advocate for it because I mean I guess like I'm imagining it and I feel like it would sting, especially like if you freshly waxed, mm-hmm. right? Big like oof, your yeah. your hair follicles are. Open. I mean, also the lemon's gonna sting. That's what I'm saying. Your hair follicles are open, and then you're putting lemon on it. And then the steam is letting that that stuff soak in real good. So, to me, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. I feel like that's that's just too invasive. Just mind your business. Like, I don't know. My motto is just let her be. Exactly. And that's my my whole long-term message. I'm all for doing whatever it does to your body to make yourself feel great and confident. But... When it affects your health and increases your risk for things like infections and irritation, please leave it alone. Don't feed into any messages that make you feel like you are obligated to do those things. 
is all I have to say. So that's my thoughts on that. Do y'all have any closing thoughts? That was inspirational. Thank you. Yes. So I guess we'll close out. I hope everybody enjoyed our episode. And please follow us on Instagram. Yeah. We love follow us on we love engagement. Um yes. and also um we've I guess finalized the routine with everything. Hopefully everyone's liking our podcast so far and um hopefully you'll continue listening to us as uh we publish more episodes yeah our instagram by the way is at subtle asian talks um we're going to be posting a lot of like information related to our episodes so like we talked about with the whole ice international student situation and just whatever topics that are relevant we'll post more information on our instagram story or on our instagram feed on what you can do so if you're interested in that please follow our account and please continue to stay safe we're going to continue to repeat that message uh until we no longer have to but um yes we're still in a pandemic as we know in the state of california we're continuing to close down and i guess for our international viewers you might be in a better situation than us but for us us listeners in the u.s you gotta stay put wear your mask stay inside as much as possible I know a lot of people that are frontline workers that are like begging people, like we're getting a rise in cases. We're kind of going to get soon back to the point where we were at the beginning where hospitals are getting overloaded and there's a shortage of PPE. So please stay home and uh, do what you can. And if you can, please donate to our first line workers if you can. And just please take care of yourself during these times and stay safe. Please don't act like this is all gone and we're back to normal. Because I feel like a lot of people think, oh, it's summertime. It's ready to go out and about. Like, unfortunately, no. Summer's canceled, as sad as I am to say that. There will be no hot girl summer. We, we will be indoors. So with that, I bid you guys goodbye. Stay safe out here. <laughs> Bye. Bye.